Welcome to The Light Within, a podcast for anyone seeking to rewrite their life, live in their light, and align with their soul's highest purpose. I'm Leslie Draffin. I'm a journalist and menstrual cycle coach, and I'm obsessed with all things spirituality, sexuality, wellness, empowerment, and mysticism. Join me as I interview coaches, teachers, healers, and thought leaders from all around the globe about all the ways we can feel more tuned in, turned on, and lit up AF. If you're on a journey toward self-discovery, you've come to the right place. This is The Light Within. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you for joining me for this week's episode of The Light Within. Happy Halloween to you, and I know you're going to love this episode because, well, I I feel like it might have a little spooky theme. I am here with Kristen Ramazana. She is a witch, a past life regressionist, and shadow work coach who uses her spiritual gifts, connection with Hades and the underworld, and years of education and experience to help clients dive into their darkness unleash their power, uncover their soul purpose, and manifest their destiny. And I am so fucking excited to talk about all things dark. I mean, it's just going to get, it's just going to get there, I'm sure. Kristen, thanks so much for coming on the show. And uh, yeah, I'm so excited to connect. Thank you so much for having me. I can't wait to dive into all of the dark and juicy goodness that we're going to be talking about today. (laughs) Me too. So the first thing I ask all of my guests is what ignites your light within? Ironically, diving into the darkness and talking about it, I have found so much alignment, but also just seeing how it's shifted so many lives, so many people diving to the depths of their darkness. And that means a lot of different things for a lot of people. But for me, the more I tried to hide my dark parts, the more I ended up severing my connection to my most authentic self. I was trying so hard to fit into boxes that I that, that I felt other society expected me to fit into. And it, it was sickening. I mean, it was killing me. And so diving to the depths of my darkness and taking others through that journey has been so rewarding. And that is what lights a fire within because it is truly what my soul is here to do. Oh, hell yeah. I love it. So the podcast name was kind of a tongue-in-cheek sort of way around that too, like the light within because there is so much darkness and there's so much light. Um, Mm -hmm. You can't have one without the other. So I am thrilled to be having this conversation. Can I, I gave a little bit of a brief intro, but I'd love for you to kind of introduce yourself and talk a bit more about, you know, how you got to where you are now um, and some of the things that you do. Yes. Oh, I, I love this so much because I'm a firm believer in helping people understand the whole journey, not just the the highlight reel. Because a lot of times <clears throat> when people find me now, I'm aligned as fuck and I'm embodied as fuck and it feels really, really good. And I've moved through so much of my shadow and my triggers and my trauma and it is really, really freeing. But I wasn't always this person. Like, believe it or not, I at one point was paralyzed. Like, sheer terror overtook my body when I realized I was going to have to put the word witch in my Instagram bio to start to fulfill my mission. Like, that Mm. is how paralyzing it was. A lot of that was coming from past life trauma, but it was showing up in this life as extreme people pleasing. And so there was a point in time in my life where I had other businesses that were severely misaligned. They were burning me out. They were killing me. I was in so much debt trying to stay afloat. Mm. And what's funny is when we're out of alignment, the universe will kind of give us subtle whispers. They'll give us subtle warnings that something's not right. And I ignored all of those as most people do. And the universe gets louder and more in our face and and we experience more pain because that's the only thing that's going to rip us out of that reality. And so what happened was I was kind of headed toward a rock bottom burnout and then 2020 happened and I lost everything that I had, like my Mm. business that I had worked for almost a decade to build. I thought at one point it was everything I wanted and it was severely misaligned because it was chosen from various shadow things, you know, Mm -hmm. hadn't done shadow work yet. I'd had part of my spiritual awakening when I went to Salem for the first time. I felt my soul light up and that's when I really started to figure out like, oh, I'm a witch. But I was like, this is going to be for me in private by myself. I don't need to own this part publicly. My life is fine, you know, and my guides are probably laughing at me. But when 2020 happened, because I was so burnt out and so busy and hustling so, so much, I had no time, no energy. I was getting like no sleep. Um, And so when all of that got ripped away, I let myself freak the fuck out because I was like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, you know? Mm -hmm. But after that, I realized that it was the biggest blessing because it ripped away everything that wasn't serving me. And so Mm -hmm. I'm like, aside from not knowing how I'm going to pay my bills, this 
no, I don't want any of that back. Like, I, I don't want any of that back. I don't want any of that old life. And so I'm really actually grateful because I know that 2020 brought a lot to a lot of different people. I'm not negating the severity or the trauma of that. But for me, I was able to pinpoint the silver lining in that moment and try to understand the lesson in that moment, which helped me move through the pain faster because I wasn't trying to cling on to things that weren't serving me. I was like, nope, this was best case scenario because I never would have walked away from it. So I'm going to just try to figure out what it is that I'm supposed to do. And at that point, I started to heal my burnout really start to like sleep and, and take care of my body, the things that I'd been betraying and ignoring prior. And that's when I started to really accelerate using my gifts and, mm -hmm. and connecting with my guides. And at that point, when I started to listen to the subtle whispers of my soul, because I wasn't severely burnt out anymore, I wasn't severely dissociated anymore. It was just pulling me and leading me and pulling me. And when I tell you like the path just fully opened and one thing after another, after another came into my life, it was so, so magical. That's not to say it didn't come with lessons and challenges because it absolutely did. But when you follow those those subtle tugs and those whispers of your soul, that's what pulls you toward alignment. That's what pulls you toward the people, the experiences, the things that you need to experience, meet, understand in order for this journey to unfold. And so that's really what allowed me to end up where I was because I started to prioritize all the things that I was neglecting, sleep, self-care, honoring my body, taking time for myself and for developing friendships and my whole life is, I mean, a complete 360 from, from what it used to look like. I love that. I had no idea that that's like what your story was, but in my episode last week, I shared about why I had to leave my TV news career because I had so significant burnout, anxiety, PTSD, and trauma. So in some ways I'm kind of in the same boat. Like I, 15 years, six figure yeah. salary. Like I left that a couple of weeks ago to now try to rest. Like I had to take a big mental health break this summer because shit just got way too wild, but I was still so much in the stress mode of like, am I going to go back? Am I going to go back? Am I going to go back? Um, now I think I'm finally in the place where it's like, okay, now we're going to figure out how the fuck to rest. And as someone who has been very much living in her masculine, even though I'm also someone who deals with, you know, feminine embodiment and menstrual cycle coaching, I just love that this is, I, I, I love that the podcast brings me people who I need to learn, to learn from and talk to and connect with. And this is a perfect example. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny because it's something again, that our society sets us up to experience, but nobody talks about the shadow side, right? Mm -hmm. So we are pushed to just chase money and to chase what we, what we have been sold as, as the dream, the success. Mm -hmm. And then when we end up there, sometimes it's soul crushing and it's unfulfilling and that's the scariest place of all to be when you end up somewhere that you thought you wanted to be, when you end up accomplishing what you thought was going to make you feel successful and worthy and you feel nothing but burnout and yep. emptiness and exhaustion. And it's like, fuck, if this is the top, <laughs> oh my God, what else is there? You know? And so it's, it's really, really scary. And for me, like my burnout started to take on like, you know, like physical health side effects. Mm -hmm. And that was really, really scary. Like the brain fog was ridiculous. Like I couldn't mm -hmm. think of words. And so, you know, I would have business coaches be like, you need to go live. And I'm like, I fucking can't think of words. Like if I'm put on the spot, I'm going to just freeze because my brain is just so tired. Mm -hmm. And for me, that was my normal. And now having dove into my shadow, I understand the parts of me that were betraying myself and driving me to those limits. But it's just, we are sold that that is normal and it's not. Like mm -hmm. nobody should have to perpetually live in survival mode because you're never going to feel aligned. And even if you take that that energy and just transplant it onto a new aligned business, if it still has that energy signature and that foundation, that also is not going to feel good. And so, so much of our spiritual journey is actually unraveling everything we were told was successful, the right way, the only way, and finding what is actually right for us. Cause if someone told me a couple years ago, I would be like the underworld queen on Instagram talking about Hades and demons and shit. I would have been like, you're <laughs> kidding, right? Like you're kidding. So, and, and, and I never would have been able to get here if I didn't just surrender to what the journey had in store for me. All right. Well, let's get into the underworld, Hades, the demons and all of that shit. So I asked you to talk about, um, your work with entity attachment. And I, I really hope we have also time to talk about past life regression, but let's start with the entity attachment. So yes, it's Halloween. I think the first question I have is like, everyone's talking about the veil being thinnest. Mm. Is that something that means people can become more um, susceptible to entities or is this how our spirit guides kind of can just talk to us more openly? Like what's the deal with that? 
Oh my God. I love that you're asking this because yes, the veil is thin and it means everything. Okay. So something that Hades helped me understand early on is we don't get to pick and choose, which is actually ends up being a block to amplifying our gifts because if we want to see our guides but we don't want to see scary stuff we can't open our third eye we don't pick and choose so yes the veil is thin our ancestors are closer than ever our loved ones are closer than ever it may be easier than ever to communicate with your guides but there's also more entities there there are way more entities because they're they're preying on the collective sphere. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of clients who have come to me recently starting their spiritual awakening. And they're like, I'm seeing things in the corner of my eyes and I'm freaking the fuck out. And I'm just like, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. You know, like we, we, we start to feel really unnerved when this happens without realizing that there's a blessing. But yes, there are always entities here. We're always unconsciously interacting with them and turning a blind eye is, is not a form of protection. And I like mm. to make that perfectly clear is just pretending that dark stuff isn't there doesn't make it go away. In fact, it fuels them because then they can prey on our fears because they're deeply psychic. Entities can pinpoint the things in our shadow that disturb us, that we hate about ourselves, that terrify us, and they can weaponize those. So if you turn a blind eye to it, you're just fueling the fire. So yes, the veil is thin and they're they're mostly just preying on the fact that everyone's running around freaking the fuck out because there's also like a lot of witch wounding that comes up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of people that are afraid of Halloween, of rituals that people do because of either past life trauma, you know, people who step into the darkness and lose themselves. Like there's so many things that we can talk about with this. And so I understand because I've looked at this from all facets, like why there is fear. Um, but understanding the beauty of this time the point of this time because it's not a coincidence the veil is the now because we can actually like I just actually talked to Hades last night I channeled something for my Instagram and he said like right now is the perfect time to capitalize on your gifts like you the work you do now the messages that you receive now can really shift the trajectory of the next three to six months of your life Mm. and you can either run around freaking the fuck out or you can learn how to navigate that and learn most importantly where that fear is coming from so that you can use this time for your advantage instead of um falling into the the programming of this time being scary. I loved that post, by the way. I saved it. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, shit, that's for me. Okay, so oh, then let me just run down the questions because I, I have so many questions. So mm-hmm. how do you – all right, let's talk specifically with entities because I also want to talk about you working with Hades because I'm sure people are like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. Um, so let's talk about entity first. So you said people may see th- – like they said they see things out of the corner of their eye or – Um, What are some other signs that maybe an entity is present around you? Yeah. So the first thing that I want people to understand is that entities are not demons and they're also not people. Like a lot of times there's fear in general because we're like, oh my God, a ghost. Entities are not ghosts. They're actually dark spiritual beings that vibrate at a very low frequency. Sometimes they are lost souls that got overtaken by darkness because the soul died with a ton of attachments or in a very traumatic way. Mm -hmm. But more often than not, they were never human. So they tend to look like shadow figures, like dark translucent skeletons. These are the things that people are afraid of. And so I tend to find that they, again, prey on our witch wounds and our fears. When people step onto the spiritual path, they do a spell, they buy a tarot deck, they see an entity, they're like, fuck, this is evil. The entity is preying on the things in their shadow that they are completely unaware unaware of, the fears Mm -hmm. they don't know they had, the past life trauma, the witch wounding. But these things are very different because they are spiritual parasites. They attach Mm -hmm. to feed. That does not make them evil. Like ticks feeding on deer and dogs does not make them evil. They're just unconsciously doing what they're designed to do. Same mm-hmm. thing with entities. Sometimes there are malevolent entities that want to stop us because they they know if we step into our power and we raise the collective vibration, it cuts off their food supply. Mm. But there are also entities that come to wake us up. Like there are people who miss all of the positive signs and then all of the painful signs and they're so stubborn and so set in their ways. Entities are like the last piece of the puzzle to shake that person awake and disrupt everything that is lighting their life on fire and i've taken people into clearings and entities were basically like would you rather three weeks of of hell of us giving you nightmares and things or would you rather a life of unfulfillment Mm. because you couldn't get the fuck out of your own way Mm. and so a lot of times these things if we look at them from an evil perspective or they're bad we miss the lessons that they carry we miss the things they're trying to illuminate for us because light and dark is not good or bad it's not that simple it's not black and white And so these things actually carry a lot of wisdom. But when they attach, there are symptoms because of their low vibrational energy. So sometimes that can just manifest as mental health problems. Mm -hmm. They never bring issues that don't already exist, either within your consciousness, within your shadow. So if someone isn't like predisposed to escapism and substance abuse, an entity isn't going to make you, you know, 
have an addiction problem. Right. But if you tend to escapism, if you drink when you're really stressed out, you're like bordering in gray area, an entity can absolutely exacerbate that. If you tend to have depressive episodes or anxiety, they can absolutely push you over the edge into a full-blown depression, mm-hmm. full-blown panic attack. They're, they're exacerbating things that already exist. They can cause physical health issues. Um, we commonly see this with reproduction issues like PCOS and fertility, really painful periods. And sometimes there's actually entities trapped in people's womb space. Um, other times they can just cause like general cognitive issues like brain fog, tiredness. And it's a very distinct tiredness. It's a kind of tiredness that like you can get as much sleep as you want and that fatigue doesn't really go away. Mm-hmm. You can take all the nootropics and vitamins you want, but like your your brain, your cognitive abilities don't don't really feel that crisp. And so that's when most likely there is an entity at play. And when people come to me with those symptoms, I have yet to uncover that there isn't something attached. I'm just, my mind is blown. So is, is this different from being haunted? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. So when we are haunted, there's two things that happen. Sometimes it is the best way I can describe it is kind of like something on loop. Like there's an energy signature on a loop. So when people, let's say, own a bar that's quote unquote haunted, Mm -hmm. if there's every night at the same time, there's footsteps. That is kind of like a an energy signature, a pattern that's kind of playing out as like remnants of something being there. It's Mm. not necessarily something that we can interact with. Other time there are spirits that are here interacting with us either because the veil is thin or they have a message to convey, or sometimes they're lost souls that got stuck here due to trauma, due to to holding on to shame, guilt, rage, resentment. They can't Mm. let things go. And that's what traps them here in our realm. But entities are very, very different because they're attaching specifically to feed or to illuminate something. And some even sometimes they're not even consciously attaching to illuminate, but that's what I tend to find is when people come to me for clearings, usually they're it's, the entities are wreaking havoc on their life. Mm-hmm. And they don't expect to have it be such a positive catalyst for change. So they'll come to me with a clearing because they're just like, I have night terrors and I see this shadow thing every fucking night and I can't sleep or like I have severe anxiety and I can't like my life is going up in flames. And the clearing is usually a catalyst for something greater. It helps them have their spiritual awakening, step into their gifts, step into their power. Like it changes them in ways that they couldn't have even imagined. And so there's such a positive aspect that comes out of this. But entities are not here to haunt us. They're essentially here to feed. Okay. Which is creepy. They're like vampires of the spirit realm. <laughs> yeah. And so I know you kind of talked about the fact that they may highlight something or like you said, a positive can come out of it. But can they masquerade as a guide who has yeah. your own like best interest at heart? Mm-hmm. So okay. this is actually one of the biggest fears. I'm glad that you brought this up because this is a huge block to people awakening their their gifts and their purpose and communicating with their guides. We all have spirit guides, whether or not we choose to use them consciously in this life. And so when people start to have a spiritual awakening, the first thing they want to do and the first thing they should do is connect with their guides. But if they're not using their gifts, if they're not being able to, like, if they can't see, if their third eye isn't open, if they can't see their guides in meditation, if they're not connected to their body, maybe they're dissociated or ungrounded, if they can't really feel what it's like to be in their energy, if you don't really know how to use your intuition yet and you can't really tell if the messages you're getting are good or bad, that's where people start to get scared because I've had this happen. I've had people come to me and they're like, you know, my spirit guide told me to do this thing and my life blew up or my spirit guide pressured me. And I'm like, that's not your spirit guide. So I want everyone to understand that your guides are never going to try to scare you. They're never going to pressure you. They're never going to put you in harm's way. Your guides will let you learn lessons that are not fun sometimes if it is something your soul signed up for, but your guides are never going to purposely hurt you, harm you, scare you, pressure you. That's not a spirit guide. There are entities, most of the time they're tricksters. Tricksters are entities that can appear with a glamour to the person that they're trying to attach to. So let's say for you, it could be a genie, it could look like a loved one or like a a guide, but there's something off about it if you can see them. And to someone like me, I see them for what they really are. Usually they're gruesome. And so they can't uphold that glamour fully. So they tend to kind of glitch out. And so if we meet them in your shadow, you start to kind of see that it can't uphold the way it looks. And it's either like shape shifting or it's kind of glitchy. And at that point, what it had done was try to build a symbiotic relationship with you. Mm. And oftentimes it's really manipulative because it'll try to spin it as like, you know, you can only do this if I'm helping you. Mm. You're going to be alone. You need me. And so it starts to mess with people. And this is where free will comes into play. And this is why my clearing process is the way it is. I can't just like rip that out of your energy field because if unconsciously you feel you need it, Mm -hmm. there's still an agreement. There's still sometimes a legitimate contract there. And so we need to understand the parts of you that are clinging to that, the parts of you that don't trust yourself, the parts of you that feel you need this protection, support, 
you know, love, whatever. And some entities do want love or want to love us. But unfortunately, and this is like, it's sad, but they they vibrate at such a low frequency that their help feels chaotic or codependent. It's not actually going to feel like love. And so it, like, it, it makes me sad because sometimes they do willingly go into the light because they just like want to feel love, but they can't. Like their mm-hmm. energy body can't hold that frequency. But there are absolutely things that can try to masquerade as loved ones, spirit guides. And this isn't to scare you guys. This isn't to deter you. What I'm I'm trying to actually help you do is like empower yourself. You can absolutely dive into your shadow, activate your gifts, be so in tune with your intuition and your body that you will know if you're being lied to, even by something that appears to be of the light. Mm. And so let's talk about what clearings look like and how how you even get started with somebody who who comes to you and says, you know, something's going on. Yeah. So I always do a consult just to help people understand this process because there are a lot of people who, I mean, I wouldn't say there's a lot of people who talk about entities, but there are people out there who do this work and everyone kind of has a different spin. And what I've tended to find, again, not bashing anybody's work, but when it kind of goes like a Reiki session, we're not diving into that person's shadow. So like they're not actively participating. They're missing the chance to understand what parts of them are open to attachment. The guys have shown me like as a metaphor, open doors in that person's shadow because it's just like the avenue that these things can attach. And if we're not going in and closing those doors, yeah, we may be able to remove those attachments, but it's not going to prevent new ones. Mm -hmm. And so when I take someone into the process of a clearing, I first and foremost help them understand what this process actually looks like. And so that means that they're going to be in a meditative state. I will be seeing, hearing, feeling everything that they're experiencing. So if they get stuck, if they freeze, if they get lost, if they miss something, I can absolutely guide them. Mm -hmm. But they're still an active participant in the healing journey. One, because it's healing as fuck to face your quote unquote demons. Mm -hmm. Two, because then we can actually understand the parts of you that are open to attachment and then go into your shadow and close those off, heal them, shift them, whatever that may be. And so when I'm taking you into your shadow, we're getting you into a deep meditative state because your brain needs to be in theta brainwaves in order to to access your shadow. So people are always like, what if I don't see anything? What if nothing happens? If your brain is in theta brainwaves, i.e. if you're in a very relaxed state, we're at your shadow. Like there is no that not happening. You know what I mean? So I just like to put people's minds at ease. At that point, we call forth their guides. If someone hasn't built a relationship with them, we use mine. My guides show up for everybody and myself all the time, total faith in them at all times. Um, And then we're actually going to call forth entities. And that's what scares people. So like, I don't want to see it. I don't want to talk to it. But that's actually a really, really powerful part of this experience because oftentimes people go into their shadow expecting to hate their entities, expecting Mm -hmm. to be angry with them. And don't get me wrong. Sometimes that happens. But more often than not, people go into their shadow expecting to feel that way. And when we engage with them, people actually have empathy, mm. compassion, sympathy for the entities. And we can't fight fire with fire. If someone is trying to fight their entities with rage and fear, it's actually the exact frequency that feeds them. Mm. We need to fight them with love. And so when people can drop into their shadow and understand these beings, it reframes not only their relationship with darkness, but with the this attachment in general and the clearing process goes so much faster. And then at that point, if the entity attached because of a past life, we go to that life. Sometimes there's a curse or a contract that needs to be destroyed, removed, undone. And so when we're already in your shadow, it's easy to facilitate all of that work. Because again, the goal isn't to just pluck entities out of your energy field. We need to ensure that we're closing the doors that are open to attachment. Because as much as I love my clients, I don't prefer someone coming back to me, you know, once a month for a clearing if their life is going up in flames. I love Mm -hmm. to work with people long term. There's so many different ways to do that. But if we're doing this appropriately, they shouldn't have to come back for clearings all the time. Okay. So... What do you think that the media and obviously right now, like movie marathon, which movie marathon, my best friend and I are like both witches and we're so excited. She's moving in with me to talk about like all the movies we can watch. Do you think there's anything in the media or movies that like get shit right about entities or do you think it's mostly just Hollywood bullshit? So I love that you ask that because there's there's a couple things that go on. I tend to find, and again, I don't want to assume people's intentions, but if anyone is awake, they understand that Hollywood has its own shadow Mm -hmm. and its own intentions that are not that awesome for humanity sometimes. So what I tend to find is that when these movies are really, really gory or they portray demons a certain way or they portray uh, possession or attachment a certain way, that then we, we are afraid to open the door 
to that at all. Mm-hmm. And again, these these beings, these entities can manipulate us based on our fear. So if you watch something really fucked up, the entities can absolutely take the form of like what you just saw in a movie to scare you. Mm-hmm. And so I tend to find that the movies kind of take everything to be over the top. So mm-hmm. I have, I can probably count on one hand where a clearing turned into like an almost possession style situation because of how deeply rooted the entity was and typically those people have a lot of darkness a lot of violence that's unprocessed and unresolved in their shadow so these things are like desperately trying to grab on as we're clearing them and so they're they're feeling the shifts i've even had people come to me and they weren't fully sold on this shipping real but they were like fuck it you're my last resort and they were like oh my god there is no doubt in my mind that that was not real like oh my god but i tend to find that that movies are they know that if people are afraid, even for a short period of time, it's, it's feeding the entities in the collective. Mm. And then it's also severing people's attachment to their gifts and, and almost preying on their witch wound. Because I tend to mm-hmm. find if you have had a lot of lives where you did, let's say, dark work. A lot of times pre-Christianity, we walk, walked both a light and dark path. Mm-hmm. We did both light and dark magic until Christianity came and made everything good versus evil and polarized. And so if you got killed for being a healer in a past life, you definitely got killed for doing blood rituals and working with demons. And so your soul's going to wrap all that into one thing and say, oh shit, I work with demons. I got killed. Demons are dangerous. Mm. And then we go watch movies about demons possessing everybody. And it preys on that fear in our shadow. It preys on that witch wound of, of connecting with the darkness because, you know, if we if we want to start to look at this from a conspiracy standpoint, like if, you know, does Hollywood really want people to be empowered? Does, does the, do the people in power really want people connected with their intuition and their darkness? Because I can tell you right now, having integrated and embodied the healthy parts of my darkness, like I am sovereign at this point. And that is the goal with all of the clients that I work with. And so if people are afraid of the darkness, they're mm-hmm. afraid of their own darkness, they're forever disconnected, and then you can manipulate them via fear. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes perfect sense when you say it like that. And, and yeah. So how did you even start working with entities? Like, what was that process like? Oh my God. I love that you ask this because when people come to me, usually they're afraid and I understand because at one point I was afraid too. And it's actually scariest when you don't know what's going on because I, Mm -hmm. entities had been visiting me for a long time. And prior to my spiritual awakening, it was happening in in rock bottom moments when I was going Mm -hmm. through a lot of trauma, when I was severely sleep deprived, when I was severely burnt out. And I would see these figures standing over my bed. And I remember one night in particular, I was extremely scared. And and now I understand part of that was my fear. And part of that was my clairsentience, me feeling its vibration. Because mm. if you are clairsentient, if you can feel things, sometimes. Okay. So we just lost connection. And <laughs> what did you say, Kristen? So, um, so entities are very sensitive with technology, as you've all seen. They're like, fuck you for talking about us. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, what was happening is I was feeling the vibration. They're, they're very, very low vibe state can manifest via feeling terror, heaviness, fear, uh, depression. Like it's going to be very heavy, very, very dark. So I'd see these things standing over my bed. And the more I leaned into the fear, like there was one night where I was like, I just need to not open my eyes until morning. Like I intuitively knew once the sun came up, they'd go away. Mm-hmm. And I shit you not, I woke up multiple times sitting in the middle of my bed with my eyes open while I was still half asleep. Like these things were fucking with me and reading my mind and I freaked out and so then when I started to like research and understand and then of course I started kind of to hit my rock bottom burnout phase so when I had the second portion of my spiritual awakening entities started coming to me again but it felt different Mm. like they they would show themselves like the first one that came to me after that that portion of my spiritual awakening she was attached to my boyfriend and she like had these like translucent skeleton fingers that slipped over his his shoulder and she just like pulled her face up and stared me in the face. And she had this like black, gaunt, translucent skeleton face. But I wasn't afraid. Okay. We just like made eye contact. And I was like, and now I understand she was actually trying to wake me up to my purpose. Mm-hmm. Because not everyone can see them with their human eye. And so at that point, I threw myself into this work. I, I researched. I found mentors. I read books. And then, you know, a lot of times I learned by doing. So I was diving into my own shadow, under, like allowing my guides to to give me this information. And then I went back to the past lives where I did this work Mm -hmm. because a lot of times when we think we start a new endeavor in this life, like we're new, well, we may be new in this life, but if you've done this in hundreds of lifetimes, the wisdom is there in your soul. And all you have to do is remember. Mm -hmm. And so it was wild because my mentor took me back to one life where I did this work and it just like was a catalyst for me launching this business and really understanding what I was doing because she helped me remember my own unique process for this. And then of course I tested it. I refined it. I took so many people through it and then now I've offered it to the public and it has been so successful and people have come to me and been like, 
you know, this is better than therapy. Mm -hmm. Like, oh my God. And we're not bypassing other means of healing, but it just goes to show how much of a hold these things have on us. And most of the time we have no idea. Yeah. I'm just trying to process all of this because, (laughs) no, I feel like I can totally see why this would be so fucking helpful as someone who has been in conventional therapy. Um, Yeah, I can see how this would be so helpful. And I love that. Yeah, the whole idea that your past life was able to wake you up now to the current mission, the current like purpose. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about past lives because I'm actually reading this book right now called Many Lives, Many Masters. Mm, and awesome book. it's like such an easy read too so highly suggest it it's very much like a narrative versus like a textbook like I read a ton of you know spiritual textbook type shits too so let's talk about past lives um because also that's mm-hmm. something that you do too like is yep. it the same do you do past life regression separate from entity clearing or do you find that sometimes it's all you kind of mentioned that sometimes it goes together Sometimes it goes together. I do offer it as a separate service because you can literally go into your past life for anything okay. to heal money trauma, to to dive into visibility and self-sabotage, to heal phobias, mm-hmm. things like that. But then when someone's booking a clearing, if the entity is from a past life, we have to go back to that past life because time isn't linear in the spirit realm the way it is here because time's a human construct. So the attachment is actually weakest in that past life. Oh. That's when it's fresh. Okay. So that's why we would go back and we'd heal any other trauma that would open the door. But yeah, past, past life work is so rewarding it's so fun but it also heals so much for us and so I think the biggest question that a lot of folks get or may have and even myself um because I have had a past life reading with a friend of mine and I saw or she saw I don't remember exactly it wasn't it didn't really turn out the great like the greatest way like I don't think that it was super maybe I wasn't in like the theta um brainwave area but like is this shit real or is it like your imagination? Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, the the biggest difference between doing like a shadow work past life session and a reading is in a reading, like if I were to dive into your past lives, I would see, mm. I would feel, I would know, and I would relay that information. Yeah. And while it may be profound, like I love giving readings and stuff like that, but I actually limit people's access to that because what I tend to find is if there's a really traumatic past life that you need to go back to and heal, me relaying information isn't always going to do its job. Okay. It hits different when you hear it versus when you see it. And the goal of going into your shadow is to not retry traumatize you to not relive it in the same sense but to reframe how that is like wired and stored in your shadow and how that's affecting your nervous system now so to answer your question yes this is real past lives are stored in our unconscious mind so if we look at an iceberg the unconscious mind is the biggest but deepest part of the iceberg that you can't see from land you can't see even by peering into the water so it's very hard to access And one thing that's interesting to note is that your brain can't create images of things it's never seen or been to. Mm -hmm. So if you drop into a castle in a past life and you can see the color of the carpet and the walls and you know exactly where your bedroom was, your brain can't manufacture that. Mm. And so that's, even if you're not a believer, how do you explain that? You know, and so it's wild because there's past lives I've, I've been to that were hundreds of years ago, but they felt more real, more clear than some of my childhood memories. Mm. And so it's it's easy for us to be skeptical. And sometimes that's even a facet of the witch wound. Like yeah. if we don't believe, we can't be branded as crazy. You know, if mm-hmm. we don't believe, then we don't actually have to dive in and, and, and uncover what could potentially be traumatic. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting to note that your brain can't just create these things. So then where are they coming from? Yeah. And so do you know how many past lives you've had? So my guys have never given me a number because it's so vast. Mm -hmm. And and what's wild is we can have past lives, you know, as humans, Mm -hmm. we can have past lives in other dimensions, on other planets, in other universes. And something interesting that I've actually stumbled across is soul fractals. Mm -hmm. I've, I've, my guides have shown me that ascended masters, gods, goddesses have actually shattered and like spread bits of themselves amongst humanity. And so if you have these pieces, which, you know, we're all divine in human bodies. And so sometimes activating and understanding your fractals gives you more clarity, Mm. gives you more purpose in your life. And so what I've been shown is that you can actually access the memories of the lives of those beings. Same goes for angels and demons. And so this is where people start to get freaked the fuck out. Because they're like, I don't want a demon beast. But I'm like, listen, demons just represent the shadow archetypes of humanity. Mm -hmm. And so when we see within our own shadow, when there's 
unprocessed and unresolved trauma and that rears its ugly head, that's going to show up a lot differently when we lose control of it, when it consumes us versus if we choose to go into our shadow, to meet those parts with love, with compassion, with non-judgment and integrate the lesson and experience using that knowledge moving forward in your life, that's so, so different. The same thing is for soul fractals. If someone has a quote unquote dark soul fractal, but we are consciously understanding and integrating that, it's going to appear in a light way. Mm -hmm. So for example, if someone's really struggling with self-worth, with boundaries, and they're trying everything under the sun to love themselves, when we dive into their soul fractals and they understand the inherent power that they hold, but the things they've severed themselves from, and we can actually activate and integrate those pieces, like a dark soul fractal might actually help you with boundaries, Mm -hmm. with self-worth. Because it's going to awaken the parts of you that you've severed because society's told you that made you unlovable. Mm. Society has us running around betraying ourselves, resenting each other, when in reality all we needed to do was prioritize ourselves, choose ourselves, set boundaries because that actually is coming from a place of love. And it makes everyone else understand the appropriate way to interact with us. Mm. So what's funny is spirit guides have really good boundaries. So if they are someone that they know you can't accept right where you are in your journey, it's not uncommon for them to show up as something or someone else. And, you know, some people are like, oh, my God, they're lying. But, you know, to be honest with you, when I had my first, you know, part A of my spiritual awakening in 2016, if Hades is like, hey, I'm Hades, I'm your spirit guide, I'd be like, what (laughs) the fuck? You know, because most people are like, isn't that Satan? Isn't that the, Mm -hmm. you know, and and it's not. But I would have misunderstood because of my own witch wounding, my own religious conditioning. And I didn't even grow up in that religious household, but it was still very much there, the fear. And so what he actually showed up as was a man named Joe that was wearing a Reaper Halloween costume, but it didn't look scary. It looked like, you know, the tattered sleeves, a classic Halloween costume. And I didn't question it ever until I started to do shadow work. One day, I just, I I didn't set an intention. I was like, I'll just, you know, show me whatever I need to see. And I dropped into the underworld. Like I just landed and it looked like this vibey cross between a cave with stalactites and a nightclub. And there was this beautiful red carpet and these thrones. And there were all these creatures around me that looked like demons. And I like burst into tears. And I'm like, I don't know why I feel this way, but I feel like I miss them. And I feel like I love them. And I feel like I need to hug them. And then I started to understand like, oh, wait a second. I'm connected to the underworld. And then Hades basically was like, here I am. I'm your spirit guide. And then mysteriously, Joe never appeared again. And I was like, (laughs) I see. I see what you did. And so from there, like leaning into that connection really helped me to own my darkness, really helped me to feel safe and grounded with his protection, with his support. You know, people think that these underworld deities are scary or mean or dark. He is so, so kind, so gentle, despite the fact that he's divine masculine. As a society, we've been misled about what masculine energy really is. It's stabilizing. It's grounding. It's it's soft because when you're a leader – And I don't mean soft in a weak sense, but like when you're a leader, you don't have to force, you don't have to control. That is wounded masculine. And so divine masculine is really just like the the backbone, the framework, the protection I need to step into my feminine. So coming from severe burnout, I desperately needed that. And so working with him has allowed me to really understand my purpose and how to weave my connection to the underworld and my gifts into what I'm here to do. And he's allowed me to stay safe. And oftentimes people think, well, like, oh, if you're doing dark work with entities, don't you need light guides? I'm like, yeah, I work with Archangel Michael. But I can tell you right now, if there's something really malevolent that needs to be sent down to the underworld, Archangel Michael is not the guy that's going to do that. No offense, Archangel Michael, but it's going to be Hades. It's going to be Lucifer. It's going to be some of the, the the beings of the underworld to open portals to take these beings down and do whatever needs to be done. And so he's been so protective mm-hmm. of me on this journey. He's helped me manifest money. He's helped me understand alignment. Like I don't launch a single fucking thing in my business without consulting Hades. Mm. And so when we lean into our guides, whoever they are, that's what really starts to shift our life because we stop making decisions from a place of impulsiveness, of fear, of desperation, and we start to understand the divine path and timing of our life. And that's what he's done. And so it's it's so rewarding when you start to understand that relationship, that give and take, that symbiotic nature of this, because, you know, I, I set up altars, I talk about him, I channel his messages, like I give him a platform to speak on my Instagram, you know, I, I, I give him offerings and things I'm not just taking and I make sure of that. Mm-hmm. But it's such a beautiful connection because it, it really does feel like a best friend who just isn't in the flesh. Mm. So how would you suggest people start their own journey to connect with their guides if they've never done it before? Yeah. So what I recommend doing, the easiest way is in meditation. So if people are like, I can't meditate or I can't sit still, I recommend listening to binaural beats. You can look that up on YouTube. That's what helps throw your brain into theta brainwaves. So it's going to help get you relaxed and it's going to help just kind of drown out any, you know, noises in your, your, 
immediate environment. And then at that point, I would set the intention to meet your guides. And sometimes it can help to visualize things, like visualize yourself stepping through a portal, stepping into a woods, on a beach, somewhere that feels comfortable and safe to you. And then you want to ask your spirit guides to step forward. And in the beginning, I recommend saying this out loud, as silly as it may feel, because if you have a lot going on in your brain and you move 100 miles an hour through your life, they surprisingly have a hard time cutting through all that chaos and noise in your mind to understand what you want. And so if you're in meditation, you're like, spirit guides, please step forward. Pay attention to what happens. You may see a being. You may hear something. You may feel something. You may just know. And those are the four main ways our gifts manifest. And people get frustrated when they can't see, but sometimes it's actually like yourself protecting yourself from seeing scary shit. And there's things in your shadow that you need to heal and work through. But at that point, then if whatever steps forward, whatever you see, hear, feel, or know, you can then interact with it. You can say, are you my spirit guide? You'll get a yes or a no. You can say, are you a being of the light? Because if it's an entity, it will say nothing or it will mm. say no. And at that point, you can ask it to leave. And that's like my foolproof method for like knowing okay. what you're interacting with. And sometimes beings will step forward and they are of the light, but they're not your guide. But they're here for a specific reason, to help you mm. grieve something, to help you in a transition or at a crossroads. And it's not uncommon for people to not meet their main guides right away. I've had okay. people actually go through like one or two of my programs and have worked with a bunch of different guides. And they're like, where's my main guide? And I'm like, there's something you still need to heal, understand, know. And when they really start to move through the depths of their shadow, that's when their main guide steps forward. And they're like, oh, shit, I never would have accepted you a year ago or six months ago. <laughs> but that's that's typically how I recommend facilitating that communication and then talk to them. You know, and it, sometimes we get caught up in these transactional things like, fuck, I need this from you. But if you were to hit up your friend every six months in a panic, begging them for something, they're probably not going to want to be your friend, you know? Right. And so spirit guides aren't quite that sensitive, but it still is a symbiotic relationship. So if you put out offerings for them, ask them like, you know, if they want anything in exchange, and obviously you don't have to do or give anything that doesn't feel aligned for you, but Hades likes pomegranates. He likes whiskey. He likes mint. Like I put these things out. Um, but but share things about yourself. Ask them questions. Like when you start to build that connection, you can then take that that communication from meditation to real life, which mm. is what's really cool. Is like I can be driving around, have a question for Hades. I'll ask him and I'll get the message instead of waiting until later when I can mm -hmm. meditate. You know, so it's really helpful to foster this connection. But it takes time, like anything else. So how has your connection with your guides helped you heal the witch wound in you? That was major. Like, I don't think I could have done that without Hades. Um, one, because of the protection, the grounding. Like, I, for most of my life, operated in a very chaotic, ungrounded, dissociated fashion. So everything felt extremely unsafe. And if you don't feel safe in your body, you don't feel safe anywhere else. And so when I first started to figure out that I was going to have to own being a witch to do this work, because if I'm supposed to talk about demons and entities in the underworld, I can't just leave out the little witch thing. You know, I never would yeah. have gotten to this stuff if I didn't embrace that. And when I found that out, I had sheer terror flood my body. My nervous system was so dysregulated. I was so, so, so scared. And so being able to connect with Hades and be like, let him ground me, let him reassure me, let him tell me I'm okay. Let him take me back to the lives that created those wounds. Mm -hmm. There were so many lives where I was in my power and I gave way less fucks than I did today. And I was just like, this is who I am. I'm a witch. And then I got killed or I built an mm -hmm. empire in a time where women really weren't supposed to do that. And then I got killed or it got taken. So my soul learned shit when we're ourselves when we're in our power, when we're openly a witch and when we are successful, it's dangerous. So we're just going to not do that. You mm -hmm. know? And then of course that had its own pain points and blocks and things. And so Hades helped me understand the lives that put that fear into me, that created those blocks, the, the lives that made me choose misalignment over freedom and soul sovereignty. And so he took me back to those and helped me heal. But I wouldn't have been able to do that if the connection wasn't there. Like if I didn't trust him, because there are times where he's had to lead me to really dark lives or he's had to help me do things and heal things within myself, like reach into my soul. If I did not trust him, that wouldn't have been able to happen. And so that's where the guides are really, really important. So if you're doing work in meditation, you're in the astral plane and you need an anchor there because if it, it you feel very exposed when you yeah. don't have one. We'll just put it that way. And so you said you had sort of your first part of the spiritual awakening in 2016, I believe you mm -hmm. said. So is that when you started feeling called to like that the word witch was something that was you? Well, yes. That's when I figured out I went to Salem and my soul felt this yeah, way okay. that it had never felt ever before. And I felt so connected with that place. And I was like, oh, wow, people do this. Like people are witches. This is a thing, you know, because it had been programmed into me that that was fake. That was made mm -hmm. up, you know. And 
So I was like, I'm a witch, but never telling anyone that, like, that's just going to be my thing. You know, I had actually convinced myself that I didn't need to own that part of myself. And so when people come to me and they're like, you know what, like, I just vibe with light things and like, maybe I'm a little witchy, but like, I never need to tell anyone in my life that ever. I'm like, I don't know you yet. So we're not sure if that's aligned, but Mm. that's the thing. We don't know until we dive into your shadow. I have clients come to me and they're like, I only talk to angels and I only do Reiki, but I'm really drawn to you. But everything else dark is not aligned. And I'm like, okay, we'll find out. And so what I've tended to find is that our shadow actually dictates what feels aligned. And so Mm -hmm. if you are negating your shadow, if you're not diving into your witch wound, sometimes we choose things that allows us to be understood or widely Mm -hmm. accepted. And that's still like a, a micro iteration of the witch wound. And I can't tell you how many people come to me thinking they only vibe with light stuff and they find out that they have so much darkness in a, in a beautiful, magical way and that they're meant to do really, really dark work in conjunction with the light. And it's not mm-hmm. either or, but they never would have been able to understand that if they hadn't gone into their shadow because our shadow actually helps us unlock true alignment instead of fear-based alignment, people pleasing, you know, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, alignment is really, in my belief, only something that we can unlock when we go to the depths of our shadow. So I started aligning with the word witch now what would be three years ago. I actually did a story for work when I was a news anchor where I interviewed some witches about, oh so I, ha- I, I had this, that. I had this series called your best life and I had read all these articles about all these people, mostly women reclaiming the word witch in the Trump administration. And so I interviewed a woman who uh, I say owns, she doesn't own, she runs a local coven on this military base. And uh, it was fascinating. And so I had all that year kind of been like reading more spiritual text, astrology, like, you know, the gateway drugs, crystals, tarot, mm-hmm. astrology. And um, then I interviewed Michelle and I was like, what the fuck? Like, and my dad was a preacher. Like I was raised in the, in the church. And I'm like, is this, am I a fucking witch? Am I? And, and so it's fascinating to me to hear other people's stories of like how that part woke up, woke up in them. I'm desperate to go to hate uh, to Salem. I almost said Hades, maybe there too. <laughs> <laughs> um, so this is so interesting. What else do you want to share about? Like, cause I think it was interesting. I, the story aired on a Halloween and this is airing on Halloween too. And so I'm like, I would love to see, you know, your thoughts about just how do you think culture is changing around witchcraft? Cause I know it's out there more or maybe it's just out there more. Cause I'm out there more and I'm seeing those parts of the internet yeah, and the yeah. world. And that's a great question. I do believe that, it, that it is changing um, because a lot of people from what my guides have shown me and what I've seen across the board with my clients, like more people than ever having spiritual awakenings. Mm-hmm. And that's not a coincidence. Like we all incarnated now to come back in a time so that we can live our truth and our purpose without the danger of, you know, potentially being burned at the stake. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times the witch stuff is triggering because it's activating wounds that we are unaware of. And if you are awake now to your spirituality, this is not the first time you've done this before. And so you probably have a lot of lives where you tried to do this in the past and you were before your time or there were painful lessons to learn. So I do believe that it is becoming more mainstream. And I also believe that's a blessing and a curse. Mm -hmm. I I love that it's becoming widely accepted. I love that people are waking up and have a safe, you know, mostly Mm -hmm. the world is still barbaric in some ways, but semi-safe way to, to go about this. However, when things go mainstream, sometimes things get left out. And I tend to find that when there's like a lot of witchcraft books that come out mainstream in order to try to like prevent people from feeling, you know, feeling afraid or or having their witch wound triggered, sometimes we almost negate the seriousness of this practice. Mm -hmm. And so I don't believe in gatekeeping. I believe that everyone should be able to understand and learn about and test out things that call to them. However, sometimes there's like an order of, Mm -hmm. of, of events that needs to happen. And so when we start to get into like, some some deeper layers of occultism like working with demons and things like yes this is stuff that you can absolutely do but when people have bad experiences with it it's because they're doing it prematurely they're skipping steps if you have a shadow full of trauma and you're trying to work with demons demons are like the moldavite of spiritual beings they're going to trigger the fuck out of you and bring a lot of chaos to facilitate change and, and stepping into your power but it's going to be deeply uncomfortable so if your nervous system is dysregulated if you're actively in your trauma if you skip some of the more like basic shadow work requirements <laughs> you know it's it's going to be a little dicey same thing with when you start to get into gray area magic, you know, if you haven't really done adequate protection spells, money spells, manifestation spells, and you just skip to like chaos magic, 
that's mm-hmm. dangerous, you know? And so the, the, there is a beauty of it being mainstream, but then we also have to understand that sometimes that means that there, there are, you know, doors that are open that maybe should, should stay closed for a little bit longer until people safely move through these things. And that's one of the reasons why I'm passionate about this work because I help people find true alignment. Like I have clients come to me who, you know, were raised religious and they have a ton of religious trauma and witch wounding in their shadow but they're supposed to do like some decently dark magic in this life Mm -hmm. but when they've peeled back the layers of the trauma and fear around that like that's what allows them to understand what is safe what is true alignment and what is fear-based what is fighting their religion you know and so there's I believe that there are steps to take to ensure that this journey isn't like unnecessarily traumatic for people I I I could talk to you about this forever (laughs) um I'm trying to think. I'm trying to pick your brain about all the different things because you cover so much and we really haven't even gone into shadow work. And I feel like that's probably just a completely separate discussion. But um, how can people work with you? Because you said you do past life regressions. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you do entity clearing. You're the queen of the underworld. So basically, <laughs> <laughs> how can folks connect with you and learn from you? Yes. Yeah, so my Instagram handle is uh, the underworld queen. I do have a monthly shadow work membership called the Underworld Club that allows people to connect with Hades and the Underworld. We do one moon circle, one shadow session, and then group psychic readings. And then I have a variety of programs, and that ranges from deep one-on-one work, helping you understand your soul fractals, um, diving into your soul purpose, money trauma. So best way to connect with me is on Instagram. And if you have any questions about my services or really anything at all that's taboo in the spiritual community, feel free to reach out. I love it. Anything else you want to say that I didn't ask you about? No, honestly, um, the biggest thing I just want people to understand is that if if you feel afraid or even if this episode was triggering as fuck, that's okay. There was one point when I heard people talk about this shit and I was like, what are they doing? They shouldn't be, you know, and so that was all coming from my witch wound and fear. So if you're mm-hmm. afraid, or triggered, just know that there's something being activated within you. And a lot of times these past life traumas, this witch wound, it kind of has a chokehold on you. Mm-hmm. And so if you can um, find enough like inner safety via a mentor, via spirit guides, both, and, and really dive into your shadow and you remove those triggers or at least understand and start to transmute them, that's where real alignment starts to happen. And sometimes the things that trigger you are the things that are for you, but you just can't see it amidst the the sheer terror coursing through your body due to the witch wound. So again, just know that if you're afraid, that doesn't necessarily mean that things are not aligned. It just means that your shadow is activated. Mm. I love this. Well, thank you so much for coming on and sharing all of this. This has been amazing. I had so much fun. I could talk to you for hours. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And I will put links to Kristen's Instagram in the show notes below. You can also connect with me on Instagram at Leslie Draffin and at the Light Within Podcast. Shoot us a message at hello at Leslie Draffin. If you want to talk about something on the podcast, want us to talk about something for you, know an expert that should be on the show. And also remember to continue downloading the show, sharing it with someone you love, send it to someone you love this Halloween. Maybe they'll uh, get something out of this conversation. And again, thanks so much for spending some time with us this week. And remember, there's no light without darkness, but there's no darkness without light. I'll see you next time.